online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. Drinking Hour with David Kermode in partnership with Club Onologique, the world through the lens of wine and spirits. This week, one of the greatest figures in whiskey, Ian Chang. He made his name at Taiwan's Kavalan Distillery. Now he has an exciting new project in Japan, Karoizawa's Komora Distillery. We'll hear about his plans for that, how he learned his craft, and what makes the perfect dram. Ian Chang is one of whiskey's most accomplished and respected names, yet his journey to master distiller began less than two decades ago. In that time, he's gone from novice to headhunted, uh, having made his name at Taiwan's celebrated Kavalan Distillery, he's now embarking on a new adventure in one of the world's most exciting whisky-producing regions, Japan. At the helm of Karuzawa Distillers, he has a purpose-built, state-of-the-art facility at his fingertips, the Komora Distillery, uh, at the base of Mount Asama, the highest distillery in Japan. And that's where he joins us from now. Ian, welcome to The Drinking Hour. Hello, David. Thank you for the introduction and thank you for inviting me as well. Really appreciate this. Oh, well, it's a pleasure to speak to you. I've been looking forward to it. Um, Let's talk a bit about uh, your own whiskey journey. And um, your education was, in fact, in uh, something along the lines of food science, I think, wasn't it? That's right. So I uh, I went to the UK when I was uh, 14 years old. So that was uh, right after uh, my junior high school. And then uh, the reason for going to the UK to study, the main reason initially was to avoid the national service. <laughs> so uh, my father sent me to the UK because I have an auntie who lives in, who used to live in Manchester. You know, my mom and my my dad, they felt uh, much safer that someone in the UK can look after me. So I spent about uh, nine years in the UK. And uh, before I came back to Taiwan, the last four years, it was a uh, University of Reading for the uh, food science degree in food technology. So the initial idea was uh, because my, my father had, had a small business of a food factory so I was uh, supposed to to work there with him. So that was the uh, the whole idea of studying food technology to begin with. I imagine, given what you've achieved, he's not disappointed that you didn't come and work in the food factory. Uh, yes, yeah, that's right. But unfortunately, he uh, similar to Jim Swan, Doctor Jim Swan, uh, he also passed away in 2017. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's uh, still watching over me uh, up there and uh, helping me in the background. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Um, you mentioned mm-hmm. Dr. Jim Swan, who has had an enormous uh, influence uh, on you, uh, a mentor, an inspiration to you. 
That's right. So I met Jim uh, in 2006. Uh, that was when Kavlan invited him to become uh, the consultant of the distillery, Kavlan Distillery. So between 2006 all the way to 2017, you know, I spent about 12 years with him. So he he had a huge influence on me, uh, both in terms of uh, whiskey making, but also uh, life in general. So, you know, we... <laughs> He was like a father figure to me as well. So whenever I needed advice or advices, he was the person uh, to talk to and, and so on. So uh, he, you know, I really missed him. You know, all the good advices that he uh, gave me made uh, what I am today. So I'm, oh. I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. What did you learn mm-hmm. from Dr. Swan? So for the for the twelve years with Dr. Swan, uh, not only he uh, taught me how to produce whiskey in the heat, because Taiwan is in the subtropical climate, but also he shared many of his uh, experience of whiskey production in cold climate, uh, such as in Scotland and also in India as well, because he also had um, a client in India. So it was uh, very uh, comprehensive, I would say, you know, to produce whiskey from all kinds of climate. And also, most importantly, I think Dr. Swan's uh, expertise is in wood policy. So uh, through him, I got to know many good cask suppliers uh, who supply all the right cask uh, in terms of um, wood type, French oak, American oak, and also different sizes and so on. So it was uh, very, uh, very helpful for um, making whiskey, both in Taiwan and also now here in Komoro, in Japan. 2017, Mm -hmm. so you lost your mentor, uh, who had such an enormous uh, impact uh, on your development as a whiskey maker. You mentioned you also lost your father as well. That must have been a, a really tough year. Yeah, that uh, 2017, I would say it was uh, a year of both, uh, uh, how do you say that, uh, joy, but also sadness. Uh, mm. When it comes to joy, because uh, 2017, Kavlan was awarded by IWSC to be the uh, distiller of the year. So that was the, the highest achievement for you know, for Kavlan to have. But unfortunately, that was the year when uh, these two gentlemen passed away, who are both very important in my life. So speaking of 2017, when Kavlan was awarded the Distiller of the Year, uh, it was really a a pity that Dr. Jim Swan wasn't able to uh, join the uh, award banquet in December with me because he passed away in February. So that was uh, something that I, uh, you know, if he is still, if he was still alive, I, I, I think that that would, would have been a very meaningful year to both himself and I. Yes. Yeah, I'm mm. sure. What mm. beyond his advice to you, what do you think yes. made Cavalan such an enormous success? Because of Jim's expertise in wood policy, so he advised me on how 
you know what what kind of uh, what kind of casks to to use, especially in terms of uh, uh, European oak or American oak, because um, the heat will have a huge impact on maturation results. If you know um, these two types of uh, cask are, are used, so luckily through Jim we we chose all the right casks with uh, mostly American oak, to be frank, to use because uh, that would reduce the uh, the tannins dramatically in the heat of Taiwan, and also uh, hence the uh, the good results of uh, good and also. Uh, Oily mouthfeel, which Kavlan is uh, very famous and sought after for. Otherwise, the astringency and also the bitterness would be detrimental to the uh, to, to the taste of the whiskey. The choice of hmm. maturation uh, wood is um, absolutely hmm. fundamental to, to whiskey, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Jim always said to me that in terms in terms of influence. I think cask would be 60 to 70% influence. So with the remaining 30% to be the new make and also other factors. So it is very important to have the right cask, casks for uh, maturation. So you made your name at uh, Cavalan mm-hmm. and really built that into the most uh, e- extraordinary brand. Um, why then did you decide to leave and move to Japan? I would say the main uh, reason was, to be honest, mostly due to uh, pandemic. Because uh, during my time at Kavlan, I had to travel extensively for the distillery, also to be the brand ambassador. So when the pandemic uh, started in early 2020, I thought that, it was a time to perfect timing to um, to have a rest, and initially I was actually thinking of uh, having my own consultancy to work with uh, multiple uh, distilleries, similar to Jim, what Jim used to do. So I decided to to leave the distillery, and uh, very fortunately, uh, through uh, a mutual friend who introduced me to Koji. Koji is the uh, CEO of uh, Karizawa Distillers Company, who is also my partner as well. So through our mutual friends, we co-founded the company that we have today. So I think I'm very fortunate. It was almost uh, a seamless connection between uh, Kavlan and now Komoro. They must have been very sorry and sad to lose you at Kavlan, I'd have thought. Uh, yes, Mr. Lee, the owner of the distillery, he's, uh, he's a very kind gentleman. And also, actually, he, I mean, both him and I, we were both very, um, how do you say that? Um, I mean, you know, it was difficult for both of us hmm. to, 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 uh, to make this decision. But he, luckily, he uh, really understood that you know, and also respected my uh, my choice and decision. So to be honest, uh, until today, I'm still very grateful to Kavlan, uh, to Mr. Lee, and also to Jim as well, because without these people, I wouldn't have uh, uh, to have a good uh, platform and also the opportunity to learn um, 
my whiskey uh, craft, and then to be able to to work in the industry today. So that was uh, something that I uh, I'm very grateful to as well. Well, very gracious of you to uh, say Thank as you. much uh, as well. You, so you now have what they call skin in the game. You you have a, a kind of a degree of ownership, um, a stake in the new project, don't you? That's right. That's right. So uh, this time here uh, at Komoro Distillery of Kalizawa Distillers, uh, I'm very uh, fortunate to be invited by uh, Koji, my partner, also to be, uh, like, like you said, David, a stakeholder. And also, you know, this is uh, something that we are both very excited about, a brand new beginning. So sometimes, I mean, not sometimes, I always consider Kavlan to be my birth. And now it's my rebirth. So with Komoro, we would like to do uh, things that we couldn't achieve at Kavlan, such as uh, a statement. But this is something, you know, uh, I think Kavlan had not really had a choice with because uh, the heat of Taiwan forced them not to have a statement. But to be honest, uh, since I started back in 2005, through my conversation with Jim, uh, we always thought that it would be wonderful to have uh, whiskey much longer, you know, maturation much longer than 12 or 15 or even 20 years old. So right now, I'm very much looking forward to uh, our own 30, 30 years old whiskey. And by that time, I'll be 78. <laughs> so I need to stay healthy for this. <laughs> you do, yes. yes. And there'll be plenty of time later in life to uh, be a mm. consultant as well, I'm sure. But um, tell us about the new distillery then. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, the new distillery of Komoro, Komoro Single Malt Japanese Whiskey, uh, the distillery is uh, located on the uh, the base of Mount Asama, uh, which is the uh, the... the the main mountain in this region uh, of uh, Nagano Prefecture here in Japan. And uh, the reason why we set up the uh, distillery here at this uh, current location, because uh, back in 2018-19, Koji, my partner, he actually found a place already. And uh, in late 2019, he was uh, very excited to to have decided, you know, on, on the location. And he showed it to me uh, in 2020. And then also showed me all the uh, water analysis and also temperature and humidity profile uh, of the place. And I thought that, you know, this is a perfect place for whiskey making. So that's why we uh, built the distillery there. But the difficulty thing is, uh, the difficulties is, uh, because it's uh, on the slope of Mount Asama, 910 meters above sea level. That's why it took us uh, more than two years to build. And then plus the impact of the pandemic, total of three years, because uh, we have to make sure the the, the foundation is uh, very solid and also very uh, sturdy so that when the weight of the cask of the distillery and of the warehouse is built on the land, uh, it would not, you know, be um, in, in danger. So that's why our architect, uh, Mr. Sogo, he uh, spent a lot of time 
of thinking how to do that, how to achieve that. And also we have a very unique uh, structure of our maturation warehouse so that uh, it is not absolutely isolated. I mean, the casks are not absolutely isolated from the outside environment so that during maturation, the whiskey can interact with the, uh, with the air outside as well. So, and, and also the, the whole place is surrounded by forests. So I'm very excited to, to see the outcome of the uh, maturation. Uh, the youngest whiskey that we will release will be three years old. So in 2026, our very first single malt whiskey will be released. So that is uh, something to share with the uh, listeners. Mm-hmm. Mm, very exciting. Uh, you must be thrilled finally to be in production because I think you started a week or so ago, didn't you? That's right. We started production uh, last week, David. So this is our second week this week. And uh, between now and the end of the year, uh, we would do one shift per day, per week. But then starting from next year, we would like to increase the number of uh, batches so that uh, it would be more uh, efficient in terms of uh, energy and also you know, uh, efficiency and so on. So now I'm leading a team of um, young graduates who most of them have just graduated from university but with uh, relevant uh, degrees and who are all very passionate, even though they don't have any experience at all. But this is actually the same in 2006 when Kavalan first started. So this is my second time to lead a team of uh, passionate uh, young, young men and uh, you know, uh, young gentlemen and young ladies who like to, uh, uh, to be involved with uh, whiskey making. And so far, with uh, absolutely no experience, but the, uh, the new make is actually very good indeed. But personally, I think that there's still room for improvement because uh, right now, the uh, postils are in the process of being conditioned. So I think in six months to one year later, hopefully the, uh, the quality will improve even further. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I was going to say, when everything is shiny and brand new, um, does that right. kind of pose its own challenge to making something like whiskey? That's right. So when, when postils are brand new <clears throat> and also very shiny, as you mentioned, David, I think it takes time for especially the internal surfaces to be uh, fully conditioned and, and you know, to be, to be the, the catalyst for uh, esterification and so on. So uh, this is something we cannot, you know, accelerate. It takes time. So during this time, all we can do is to make sure all the other parameters, such as uh, the machine temperature and uh, distillation cut points and so on, uh, are being practiced very fluently so that the uh, consistency can be maintained. You mentioned water, which, of course, is also mm. fundamental in, uh, in whiskey. Um, what's the source of water there? Mm. Tell us about that. So personally, to be honest, because we are producing whiskey, which is a uh, distilled spirit, I think uh, as long as the water is not too dirty, you know, and also without any off notes, 
uh, that would be okay. But the key is the uh, amount. Mm-hmm. So luckily here at um, uh, the the base of Mount Asama, we have plenty of uh, very cold and clean water to be uh, used for both uh, production itself, such as mushing and uh, uh, fermentation, but also because of the cold temperature of of this uh, region. So the water is uh, also quite low in temperature, and that is a very natural source to be our coolant for uh, heat exchangers and also uh, to be the uh, coolant for con- condensers. So we are very lucky that we have such a, um, a you know, a, a nice uh, location to to provide all these natural resources. Mm-hmm. It does look beautiful there in the pictures, and you've put uh, sustainability at the heart of this project, haven't you? That's right. That's right. So uh, Koji and I, and also uh, Eddie as well, Eddie Ludlow, who is uh, the curator of our Whiskey Academy program and and also jim you know if he were still alive i think sustainability is something that we uh we we all emphasize so in order to 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 make the business um uh, sustainable but also efficient as well uh, into the future you mentioned the future it's obviously a um a, a far-sighted long-term project um you mentioned the three-year-old uh, being your first single malt whiskey. Um, what else do you have in the pipeline? Okay, so David, uh, initially, because uh, when we don't have anything to sell, uh, three-year-old become the very first one. But then, uh, hopefully, after that, we would like to launch our five-year-old and then eight years old. And then eventually, once we have our 12 years old, uh, we will finish all the uh, 5, 8, and uh, 10, and then make 12 to be the, uh, the, the minimum age. And then after that will be 16 and 20, and then 25, 30, and so on. So uh, that, that's the uh, age statement we have in, in the pipeline. But this time at Comoro, unlike Kavalan, uh, we would not have a single cask and also... Uh, cast strength, uh, single malt whiskey. So this time is all about uh, the art of blending. Even though it's a single malt whiskey, but it's a, you know, we will use different types of casks for the um, blending or what we call the vatting process. So all our single malt whiskey expressions will be vatted single malt. And also the strength will be between 46 and 50% alcohol. Because uh, I think, after all, lower strength whiskey, single malt whiskey, would be the mainstream for the global consumers. Uh, I mean, I know that some cons- most com- some consumers in Taiwan prefer cast strength, but after all, the market is not as big as vatted um, uh, single malt. So that's that's our strategy and also policy this time at Comoro. That's interesting. You have to be thinking very long term with a project like this, don't you? You've got to be very patient. That's right. This time it's uh, all all about long term maturation. I also personally, I also need to adjust myself mentally because uh, before at Kavlan, you know, due to the heat of Taiwan, we could have whiskey ready in two years and also in five years, eight years and so on. 
uh, but this time I'm, uh, I'm very uh, ready for and prepared to see our whiskey, you know, mature for the longer, longer time. But I think this is also a, a brand new experience for me as well, because uh, so far in my life, I have never produced whiskey beyond uh, 12 or 15 years old. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Mm. Mm, I bet. And a very different climate to produce whiskey as well, isn't it? Where you are at yeah. 900 metres on Mount Asano. Mm. That's right. So here at uh, Komoro area, uh, the lowest temperature in winter can be as low as minus 10 to minus 15. I think it's even colder than uh, most part of Scotland. But in summertime, the highest temperature will be around 28 to 30 only. Uh, the temperature here is much milder. and uh, But summertime can be hot for two or three weeks, with 30 being the highest temperature. This is uh, a brand new location and brand new um, uh, learning curve for me to see how it goes with this kind of climate. But luckily, with what Jim taught me before, in terms of the combination of uh, cut points, type of wood, and also the sizes of the cask, and so on. So we, we, we can have uh, some uh, parameters to play with. And, you know, hopefully I can find the best combination to find the optimum uh, maturation speed for our whiskey. You have a scientific background. Uh, we mentioned that to your time at Reading University. Um, in making yes. whiskey, how much is down mm. to um, science and how much of it is instinct and art? Jim and I, we both think that uh, when it comes to whiskey making, I would say we would say 50-50. Uh, so 50% is the uh, what we call the craftsmanship, the, the artisan, um, you know, the skills. And also, like you mentioned, David, the, uh, the instinct. But the other 50% is down to science. And that's why here, this time at Comoro, uh, we have a state-of-the-art chemical analysis equipment, such as uh, GCMS, LCMS, and so on. And also, we have uh, two PhD students who just uh, graduated with their doctoral uh, degree who would like to do further research with me. So to me, it's a, a huge, um, huge help because, um, you know, through their chemical analysis combined with my uh, blending uh, skills, uh, we can combine the two and to make sure that what we produce is uh, very consistent in terms of uh, chemical compounds and all these uh, flavor compounds. So uh, I think this is also one of the uh, uh, one of the ways that we call this sustainability because, uh, you know, we want to make sure the consistency will will go into the future forever and also very uh, precisely. So that's why uh, uh, we have this uh, state-of-the-art analysis lab laboratory uh, next to my blending room this time as well. I imagine, given how important Dr. Swan uh, was mm. to you how he shared his knowledge and experience with you i imagine with those younger people that you're bringing in with their 
PhDs and so forth. Are you trying to yeah. uh, give a bit to them, you know, to pass on the experience that you learned from him to, to others? That's right. So uh, Koji, I said to Koji that after all, you know, we were all getting old. So it's time for the young young generation to continue. So hopefully this, this time here uh, at Komoro, but also at KDI, Karizawa Distillers uh, Company, uh, my my um, my my goal is to uh, pass on what Jim has had taught me in the past, and then I would like to train our next generation uh, blenders and distillers, so that um, KDI. By the time we have multiple distilleries, to be honest, uh, David Komoro is is our number one distillery at the moment, but we plan to have uh, multiple distilleries. So each time when we have a new distillery, we need to have new distillers, new blenders. And uh, that's why my, my whole, I mean, my main aim is to pass on Jim's legacy and also Jim's philosophy to the next generation. So hopefully I can retire in 10 years time. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> you can become a consultant then maybe finally. Uh, what uh, like is... World. What is your philosophy when it comes to making uh, whiskey? You know, if, if, mm-hmm. if someone was to say, what do I need to do? Uh, what would you say? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think in order to be a whiskey maker, I think one needs to have uh, three three very important, um, uh, how do you say that, characters? Or, yes. you know, yep, that's number one is work. passion. Yes. So number one is passion. You know, one needs to to have a, a to be very passionate of uh, coming to the distillery every day, day in and day out throughout the years. But also number two, he uh, he or she needs to have the obsession because um, when it comes to the quality of the whiskey, Jim always said to me that it's the sum of all little details. So you need to be obsessed with what you do, and uh, you know not not. Um, I mean, pay attention to every small details. And then number three is the dedication. So you need to have the, um, the energy, but also the, um, you know, to come into distillery every day. Uh, every day, get up at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, the first thing come to my mind is uh, passion because I know that I'm going to create more whiskey at the distillery. So I think once you have these three, uh, characters, you you will be a, a very good whiskey maker. But of course, with relevant uh, scientific background, will be even more helpful. Because as we mentioned just now, after all, whiskey is all about flavor compounds, aroma compounds. So this is something that you need to know and also need to be able to differentiate uh, through nosing as well. And also through uh, analysis. So if you have that, that would be even better. And what is the secret, do you think, to the perfect whiskey? Perfect whiskey. Personally, I I don't think there's such thing as a perfect whiskey. Sorry about this, David. But what I think okay. is uh, everyone has his or her own favorite whiskey. So, uh, for example, I think, Jim, when we used to travel around the world, so if we go to a cold climate country, uh, he would prefer to have a slightly and all mildly peated whiskey 
because he thinks that that's the best way to keep warm. And if we go to a hot country, uh, he will prefer something that is matured in bourbon cask, ex-bourbon casks, or refill cask, and so on. So I think it all depends on maybe individual preferences and also the mood and also the climate you are in. Uh, personally, I think there is, uh, you know, everyone's favorite whiskey. And that's why I think the whiskey industry is so interesting. I mean, single malt whiskey is so interesting because every distillery has its own character for consumers to enjoy. And uh, hopefully what we produce here at Comoro will be also something uh, enjoyable to, to our consumers globally. I'm sure it will be, and there will be many people very excited about uh, tasting it uh, when it uh, comes to um, the market. You've been uh, in this business just under 20 years. Um, so in your own way, you're a, a kind of veteran, I suppose, uh, although you're younger than a lot of your peers. Um, how has the whiskey world changed in the time that you've been working within it? I think whiskey world... Uh, I mean, taking Japan as one example, apparently now Japan has around 50 to 60 new distilleries. This is something I think unprecedented, you know, compared to when I first started in 2005. And also in Taiwan, where I come from, uh, now nowadays, not just Kavlan, but also uh, you have TTL and also some other newcomers as well. So I think these days there are more and more producers in each country. So in, at the end of the day, I think one needs to have, uh, you know, uh, its own character in order to, to stand out and also to, to be noticed by consumers. And uh, hopefully we can continue to do that here at Comoro with our uh, future products. Do you have a, a dream of what uh, your... Uh, distillery and its um, output uh, will look like um, in, you know, a decade or two decades time? Uh, have you got this in your head of, 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 sort of the, the perfect situation? Yes, I hopefully what, what we do will be, you know, as mentioned just now, we are, well, I would like to pass on my experience and also what I know uh, and learn from Jim Swan to the next generation. So maybe hopefully in 20 or 30 years old later, the same philosophy, the same method from Jim can be uh, continued. I mean, I really want to see our own A-statement whiskey. This is something I haven't done before in the past with Carplan. You know, some years down the line, when, when we have start to have A-statement, hopefully Comoro will be a, a, a very stable uh, distillery to produce quality and also um, uh, consistency into the future. That, that's my vision, really. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it will, given your yeah. uh, experience already and your skills. Um, we always ask our guests um, for a, a desert island drink. Uh, if you were stuck on a desert island, maybe uh, you could share this uh, this particular desert mm -hmm. island drink with uh, Dr. Swan. Um, if you could choose... Um, a single whiskey, then mm -hmm. what would you choose to enjoy if, if it could be anything and you're only allowed one and you're stuck on a desert island? What would it be? Um, it's a tough question, I know. It's a horrible yes. question in some respects. 
this is a very tough question. So, <laughs> to be honest, I maybe off the record, my mm-hmm. my favorite uh, Scotch whiskey is uh, Springbank. Perhaps the answer to this question, I mean, you know, if I don't have my own Comoro distillery, Springbank single malt whiskey is something that I would really want to enjoy when I if I'm stuck on this desert island. Yeah, well, that yes. sounds it's very. <laughs> humble and generous of you to have have chosen someone else's product as well i, I think that's uh, that's uh, a sign of great uh, character as well but no doubt you will have created in a few years time at Camorro uh, the kind of desert island drams that uh, people will be choosing themselves for their own uh, desert island experience I, I, i'm sure hopefully hopefully david <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. It's a great pleasure to talk to you, uh, Ian, and uh, you're so successful and yet so humble as well. Uh, it's uh, very uh, inspiring to talk to you. So thank you so much for joining us on The Drinking Hour. Thank you, David. Really appreciate your invitation. Thank you very much. And I look forward to seeing you and also the listeners around the world uh, coming to our Komoro distillery in the near future. Thank you so much. A great pleasure. Thank you. The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in partnership with Club Onologique, the world through the lens of wine and spirits. Right, let's round off as ever with some IWSC medal winners. Uh, Karoizawa Distillers will no doubt feature in a few years' time if Ian's got anything to do with it. But uh, obviously at the moment, there's nothing to assess as yet. There won't be for a few years yet. So let's head to Ian's old stomping ground, Taiwan. Cavalan Distillery Select Number 2 Single Malt Whiskey was a strong silver medal winner with 93 points. The judging panel, overseen by Dawn Davis MW, said this. Creamy custard and biscuit notes support the underlying yellow peach and dried apricot flavours. Well balanced with a hint of spice. And there was a whole raft of medals for Cavalan Distillery uh, this year. Here's another strong silver, 93 points again, for King Core Conductor Single Malt Whiskey. The tasting note says this, Oloroso character with good complexity, notes of toffee apple, earth and flint, a well-balanced and complementary, defined cask influence throughout. Well, let's move our focus to Japan now, which, as we've been hearing, is a thrilling place for whiskey. Shibui Whiskey Company, 10-year-old pure malt whiskey, won not just a gold medal with 96 points, but it also scooped a trophy, effectively a sign of best in show. The judges described a gorgeous floral nose, a freshly ground barley, honeyed fruitcake and a flutter of sweet spices, then lusciously smooth on the palate, buttery vanilla caramel, rich dates, pear chutney and a building, mouth-filling texture. Outstanding complexity with a balanced, lengthy finish, they said. Also winning a gold medal with 96 points, Nagahama Distillery, Amahagan Edition, number one malt whiskey. Here's the tasting note. A complex and round spirit with notes of delicate lemon zest, pear, guava and orange peel. The orange continues to develop beautifully onto the palate with honey, spice and cinnamon. Excellent balance with tropical fruit on the finish. And finally, here's a a silver double, if you like. Uh, A silver medal 
in the uh, whiskey character uh, category, but also uh, the whiskey highball judging process as well. Nagahama Distillery Amahagan Yamazakura would finish malt whiskey. The judges describe an aromatic nose of fresh pears, red apples, herbs, vanilla, and hints of saltiness that continue onto the palate, complemented by sweet honeycomb, vanilla, baking spices, and tropical fruit. And that's just a small selection of the medal winners in the world of Japanese and Taiwanese whiskey. Uh, plenty more if you go to the IWSC's uh, website, of course. Uh, my thanks uh, to Ian Chang, who we wish the very best for that exciting new uh, project, the uh, Kamora Distillery for Karuizawa uh, Distillers. Uh, my thanks to you as well for listening. And you can follow us at Club Onologique or uh, Food FM Radio on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're there, I'm Mr. Venusaurus, if you'd like to uh, follow me. Until next time, though, uh, it's goodbye. The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in partnership with Club Onologique. The world through the lens of wine and spirits. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.